This year, Hatterberg in pinch hitting rolls is uh, one for five. 269 average. Has gone deep a dozen times. Now the pitch. Swung on, there's a high drive, hit way back, right center field. Minnesota Twins expose is the fact that the Oakland A's were fundamentally not a sound baseball team. I mean, they had a flawed concept that started with the general manager and the brain trust over there thinking they could reinvent baseball. You can't approach baseball from a statistical bean counting point of view. It's one on the field with fundamental play. You have to steal, you have to bunt, you have to sacrifice. You gotta get men in scoring position and then you gotta bring them in. And you don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks. Nobody reinvents this game. Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Hot Takes Corner podcast. A lot of baseball <laughs> talking about we want to give our take what's going on in the world of hitting this uh, this ball with a large stick in order to score. Well, along with myself, DJ Ingve, we've got Amos and Ray. And this week, we've got a special guest joining us to talk everything Oakland Athletics. And let's give a warm, uh, warm welcome to uh, our first ever guest. I don't know, Amos, you uh, stream on Twitch. What can we say about this awesome guest today? Uh, this man knows it all, man. He's fun to talk to. Great guy to follow. If you don't know him, you may know him as twitch.tv slash sporty McPeasy. So from all of us here at the Hot Takes Corner podcast, welcome, Sporty. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. it yeah. It's honestly a real honor to have you on our show. Thank you again. Yes. Looking forward to talking some baseball with you guys. <laughs> okay, first, Sporty, uh, can you put, uh, paint us a picture on how your love of the Oakland A's? How did this uh, love of the A's come into being for you? Well, I mean, I grew up in Central California, and uh, the two teams, you, you, you either were an A's fan or a Giants fan, and uh, you had to pick one of the two, of course. And uh, I gravitated towards the A's. The A's were the first game I attended. I attended an A's-Royals game back in 1988, and I got to see George Brett play, and I thought that was really cool. Looking back, it's really cool. And I saw Conseco McGuire in that killer lineup. And it was um, I was about eight years old at the time, and it was 
hands down one of the best baseball experiences of my life. So it kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah, Amos. I, I um, but yeah, I got I gotta ask you, man. I, what did you expect your A's to do this well, or just at the pace that they're going right now? You know, as as an A's fan, nothing ever surprises you, and this year especially. And you can never like when when I look at each season, and I mean each season over the last eighteen years since the whole Moneyball philosophy has come into play, you really can never pick whether or not they're going to have a good or bad year. You just can't because it's so out of nowhere every single time. And you look, I, I looked at this lineup before the season started, and I was like, well, if Olson has a good season, I mean, and if, and if if Davis has a Davis season, and but all these other guys that have come up, um, the, Mac, the Matt Chapmans, uh, Marcus Simeon having a good season, uh, just Jeb Lowry playing a career year at 34 years old. I mean, you just don't see this kind of stuff happening. And don't, don't even get me into the bullpen. The bullpen's just been lights out. But you, to answer your question, I guess it was a very long, drawn-out answer to your question. No, I didn't see it coming, but I'm not surprised. Okay, Ray? Yeah, so, aside from the win-loss, which we all know, I, I mean, I am surprised. You're the Oakland fan. You know better than me. What is the biggest surprise to you about Oakland? The bullpen. Aside from the win-loss. The bullpen. The bullpen is, like, guys like Trevino um, pitching through 45 games and having a sub-1-6 ERA. I mean, come on. The guy's been in the minor leagues his whole career. He just comes out of nowhere and does this stuff. And Trina and having the career. I mean, their bullpen has just been – I, nobody could have seen this coming, and that's been absolutely the biggest surprise to me coming into this year. Okay, well, the Oakland A's, uh, where are they at now currently in the standings as we uh, as we speak here? I believe they're two games out of the wild card. I, I mean, they're two games above the wild card, ahead of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. It, went, it went just an amazing amount of ball games over this past month. I believe it's second most only to the Red Sox. Uh, they have a huge series coming up next week against Seattle. What are you seeing in that series, Sporty? Have you watched and kept track of the Mariners? Oh, well, I live now. I live up where the Mariners play. I mean, we get a lot of their broadcasts up here in Idaho, where I live, and that's a, a primarily um, Seattle audience. But I, I've seen them play, and I know the A's have that series coming up. They have the three-game series. They also have ten games left against Seattle, and they also have six games left against Houston. So there's a long way, you know, coming here. I mean, they could lose in this series and still be able to make up ground. But they need to hold up the momentum, hands down. I mean, they need to keep the momentum going. Uh, they need to take two out of three out of, from Seattle. And uh, with their pitch, <laughs> they have a patchwork rotation. I mean, this team has <laughs> some of the – I mean, this this rotation, I don't know if you guys can name me the five on this rotation, but you really have to take a look <laughs> at it. It's really bad. I mean, not bad, but just like it's, it's typical Oakland A's. You got you got older guys, you got younger guys, you mesh them together, and if it works, it works. Uh, but I'm thinking that these two out of three, two, two out of three out of Seattle would be great. But then again, they have a lot of games left, so we'll see what happens. Amos? Yeah, uh, switching, switching to these, uh, these hitters that you got here, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, and I don't know if this is too premature to ask, but do you think the A's will build their team in the future around Olsen and Chapman? I want to say yes. Um, we saw what happened with Donaldson a couple of years back. Um, I want. I really hope they stick it out with Chapman. Uh, Chapman has. He's a he has a Gold Glove glove. The guy is phenomenal at third base defensively, and he's putting it together offensively. I mean, he has 15 home runs. 
He's batting 270. He's playing every day. And I think that was the best thing for Chapman is to put him into the lineup and just let him play every day. I mean, he would not get that opportunity with lots of other clubs. But with the A's, to just let him ride it out. He started slow. He picked it up. Um, I really hope they ride it out with Chapman. And Matt Olson, just building off of last year, he came up, played 86-some games, had 22 home runs. He has 22 home runs right now, 54 RBI. And Olsen is just your tip, prototypical ace hitter. The guy's just – he mashes – is not a high average guy, but I mean, he, he swings for the fences and that's, I mean, it's very, I don't want to say he's very Jeremy Giambi ish, but uh, I mean, I think he could be. I love that batting stance of his, I got to say. Mm. Yeah, he, so saying, seeing how, how they're, they're doing, are you happy with the deadline moves? Is there anything else you would have liked them to see them do? Well, I mean, let's look at their moves. I mean, they picked up uh, Fears recently from the Tigers, who starts tonight against Kershaw. Oh, so that should be interesting. Um, they got Familia. I mean, and he's just adding to that bullpen. And I mean, they didn't need to add to it, but they did. And he's a solid guy out of the bullpen. I mean, he, he could close if something were to have to train in. I mean, that's, that's good security to have. And, of course, they got Sean Kelly, which I, I really have no opinion on because – uh, I got my own, actually I have my own opinions on Sean Kelly, but I won't <laughs> say them here. But I hope he's turned around his um. I hope he's turned around his attitude. So we'll see what happens. There. Right. So you're saying you would do the do little and Madsen for Trinian trade over again, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was a that was such a steal. What yeah, would a Nationals thinking? I, I really don't know why they gave up on him uh but yeah, we're happy to take him and as far as the answer your question again if if i would have expected more um yeah i would have liked to pick up a bat or two but um again i mean and they, look look there's a guy that i always have uh, liked and i wish the a's would pick him up because he's an a's player and it's jock peterson out of the out of um, uh, la yeah yes and he's a high on base guy and he's just he's he is a money ball he is the money ball guy he would fit so perfect into this team, but then again, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Dodgers would part ways with him. He's, uh, he's got a couple more years of arbitration left, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, I'll get to to that about the Moneyball as we wrap uh, up. Our, we're talking again with Sporty McPeasy, uh, huge A's fan. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, wanted to turn back. You were stop, talking about that starting rotation, a lot of in and out guys. Uh, what is the current status of Jarrell Cotton, and what do you see his role? Mm. I believe they put Cotton on the 60-day, okay. and uh, he's, he's done for the year. Okay. Uh, he looked pretty promising last year. He looked – I mean, he just kept getting better as the year progressed, and that's what you want to see out of your starting pitchers. You want to see progression as opposed to regression, especially with young pitchers. And, I mean, if everything goes right with the Tommy John, I mean, I'd see Cotton back in this rotation next year. Yeah, mm. fair, fair enough. Good one. Amos? Yeah, so uh, l- l- let me ask you this real quick, PZ. Um, this this A's team is just so much fun to watch. I, I, I still I still think they have that record of which they haven't lost if they're leading after the seventh inning. Um, they're the only team in baseball to do that. D- is this team? Do you think this team is a one hit wonder? Do you think, or do you think they're going to continue this upward trend? I think they could ride this team out for two to three years and maybe just add little pieces here and there. I mean, I think over the next offseason, they need to start focusing a little bit more on the rotation, maybe pick up a veteran arm or two to throw in there. Um, as far as their starting lineup goes, gosh, you know, 
I really hope they re-sign Davis. Uh, he's going to be up for contracts this next he's year. Right. I really mm-hmm. hope they re-sign him, but I, don't, I see him getting a lot of money from somebody else. So chances are not that good signing him. But again, they have Olsen. They got Chapman. They got Piscotty for an. I even mentioned Piscotty. Piscotty has 15 mm-hmm. home runs, 51 RBI. He's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's locked up for at least four more years, I believe. So I mean, and I mean, then they got like they got Luke Croy behind the dish. I mean, the guy's a solid veteran. I just hope they keep the foundation, and I think they could build on that in the next two to three years. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some concerns about him. Uh, I know uh, Ray. So my question is: We're talking all the good right now. I have to ask this. What is the one thing that scares you about the A's? Like the one little aspect of their game, maybe. Definitely the starting rotation. Um, if you can't get through five to six innings, that bullpen's worthless. So I'm really nervous about that, especially in the playoffs. Um, I just really hope that um, these guys like Mike Fears, Edmund Jackson, I just hope they are solid down the stretch. Right. And you got – yeah, and you got Cahill and Brett Anderson uh, reviving their careers where they, they lost when they left the A's. They're back with the A's now. I just – I really hope – and, of course, I'm, I'm forgetting Sean Manea, and he's been lights out. I hope that that rotation can hold up, and I'm worried about that more than anything, especially after mm-hmm. seeing Manea pitch last night against the Dodgers. He went two and two-thirds. He did not look good. But you're going to get those start, starts from time to time. So, yeah, I'm worried about that rotation. I got I got to give the A's credit for signing the greatest pitcher in the game, Edwin Jackson. So. Anybody who <laughs> anybody who knows Amos from Twitch knows Edwin. They know the story of that. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Former Cub, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, former former twelve former lots teams. of teams. Yes, <laughs> him and him and Boovy, the best ball. But but it's honestly good to see Jackson is performing. Mm-hmm. With Absolutely, your kid. yes. Oh. All right, final question uh, before time uh, runs out us in this segment. Uh, this question is actually for all of you guys, okay? To be fair, you guys don't get to hear the opening soundbite clip of the show until after I produce the show. So for this question, I need to tell you what it was. Uh, Warren Sporty will be talking about this. Uh, mm. He mentioned it. The clip was the call by Bay Area Radio and TV play-by-play legend Bill King mixed with the clips and music from a Scott Hatterberg home run scene in the movie Moneyball. That depicted the then record-breaking 20th win in a row by the Oakland A's in the 2002 season. And then that was followed by the call of the final out in the divisional playoff game five loss to <clears throat> my Minnesota Twins. From ESPN's John Miller mixed <laughs> in with the depiction of what Joe Morgan said in the movie about how there are no statistical gimmicks that will win any team a championship and that the game is won by fundamentals on the field. Now I want to ask all three of you a two-part question before I give my take on it. Now, is it your opinion better to do it the Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers ways and buy a championship, or is it better to go the money ball route? And second part of this question, will this year be a different one than the last time my Twins won a damn playoff series, and will the A's make the playoffs in 2018? I'm not going to go any further and jinx any uh, playoff uh, questions for Sporty. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Ray, let's start with you. I think the money ball way is better. We've seen from the past. You can't you can't buy championships anymore. Look at I mean, look at the teams that won. Kansas City didn't buy a championship. The Giants didn't buy championships. I I don't know the the power teams, the big powerhouse teams. Yeah, the hitting's great, but baseball is won with pitching and defense. And as we've seen from the Yankees, they don't have to look at what's his name, 
Andahar, look at the throwing error he made on Sunday. Uh-huh. That lost him the game. That technically did lose him the game. So, yeah, I think the money ball way, you're better off. All right. Will, will the A's make the playoffs, do you think? 100%. I think they will. Well, okay. I think they're going to get the wild card game. Oh, awesome. Okay, Amos? Um, I, to me, it depends on your market. Uh, and the way I'm going to answer this question is uh, you look at the Boston Red Sox and, well, let's sit sporties here. Let's use the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the A's can't necessarily go out and buy a J.D. Martinez. Um, so for uh, teams like them or the Rays, which I know they're not in the playoffs, but just use them as an example here, you would have to go with the money ball approach. And it is good to see, like, veterans that come join a team like that and they just excel, you know, Sean Manea, Edward Jackson, you know, people like that, and Jonathan Lucroy. But um, it, it, it's – to me, I don't know which way is better. I mean, I guess it is more satisfying to see the money ball approach. But if you're in a win-now mode, like the Red Sox feel like they need to prove something, you kind of feel forced to go out there and buy your way into mm-hmm. a championship. But Ray's absolutely right. You can't buy a championship, you know. Um, so it, it's 50-50 for me. All right. I'll give Sporty last take in a second. Now, I have to say my twins beating the A's to stop the streak that year and then going and winning the divisional round again the last time my team has won a damn playoff series was very magical to me as a Twins fan. I still firmly believe that Joe Morgan was right on the button. The teams with the best fundamentals on the field, and as a team, and great pitching, will win those championships. I think if the A's can take half the remaining games they play against Seattle this season, Mike mentioned there were 10 of them. I believe there's uh, those three series left. They can uh, get the road game in New York. I'm not going to predict they overtake the Astros. Until I see the Osuna trade fail for the Astros. Uh, but, Sporty, what do you say, buddy? You got last take. All right. Well, Moneyball philosophy is where it's at. I'm not even going to go away from that. I'm a big fan of it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it work. It's worked over the last 18 years with the A's. And I, I'm a big believer in OBP and slugging percentage being an emphasis of a ball team. And I, also pitching. But being as far as offensive, OBP and slugging percentage. Because you can't score runs unless you get on base. Um, as far as um, the A's, I'm going to be bold here, guys. I, I think the A's are going to pass up Houston. I think they're going to win the division. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. I like that. He's got confidence. I like that. Love so, confidence, yeah. always. I still blame him for the Donaldson idea. Ray's <laughs> <laughs> very salty about the Donaldson. Thing. Yeah, I'm salty about Donaldson. <laughs> you guys can have him back. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks for taking your time out and uh, joining us for this sporty. Oh, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and I hope to do it again sometime. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, we definitely got to we'll have We'll see how the A's do. Yeah, Maybe definitely got to have you back. All right, guys. Have a good one. You right, too, See man. you later, man. All right. Well, it's time to talk about this past week since after the trade deadline. Some more moves being made. First, uh, Amos, I want to ask you uh, about what, uh, what are we looking at as far as the teams and and the leaders in, in baseball right now? Uh, as in your standings? Yeah, if you got that, that'd be great. Uh, not, there's not really a lot that's changed. Um, you know, in your AL, uh, in the American League, you got Boston, Cleveland, Houston still heading the herd. Uh, and then your, your National League, uh, kind of a dogfight in NL East between Philly and Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, Cubs and Milwaukee in your Central, and uh, the Dodgers in Arizona going into tonight are tied. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tied for um, the Still can't rule out Colorado, and San Francisco's starting to trail off a little bit, but they're hanging in there. So right. uh, not a whole lot's changed. No. Okay, Ray, uh, you watched the Sunday night Red Sox-Yankees broadcast. Guys, a huge sweep by Boston by the home team. 
uh, Ray, let's get some thoughts on that. Man, that, as sad as it is, that's going to be our division series, I think, mm-hmm. because Boston's going to have best record. I wish that was going to be the ALCS. <laughs> and, uh, man, you can't count Boston out. I knew they were good, but holy smokes. Like, you had two out in the bottom of the ninth against Chapman, down yeah. 4-1, and they still came back. Jeez. The thing I noticed about Chapman, though, if you want to beat him, you have to be patient with him. The thing about him is he'll like he can paint the ball, put the ball where he wants it, but then he but then he'll go throw the next four pitches four feet off the plate. Yeah, he's very not. I wouldn't say shaky. I mean, he's one of the best closers in the game, but it seems like patience is the way to beat Chapman. Yeah, yeah, the the speed and the wildness uh, still there. I, I, I think he he throws so hard that it's hard mm-hmm. to control it all the time. Amos, anything to say about that that series? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Ray hit the nail on the head, man. The Red Sox simply outplayed the Yankees oh, in yeah. every fashion, from base running to pitching to bullpen, especially hitting. Uh, it, it's uh, – I understand the, the Yankee fans can provide excuses like, oh, we didn't have Judge. I'm sorry, Judge wouldn't have solved this problem. It wouldn't have made a difference, though. Yeah. And it really goes to show you that uh, – <laughs> I the, the Yankees are good, but – they're not going to make it far in the playoffs. And the Red Sox are your reminder of why. And the other the other thing, too, sorry to cut you off. That's fine. But I don't know how anybody's keeping up with that. Say, if, like, Price was Price was outstanding. If Price pitches like that the rest of the year. Finally how, in the playoffs. How are you going to – well, the thing is, that's what I mean. When he gets to the playoffs, we know about <laughs> right. that. But how are you going to compete with Sale, Price, Evaldi? Look at Evaldi since he joined Red Sox. Yes. 2-0. Two and zero hasn't given up one run and only given up seven hits in two starts. Yeah, if those, if those, especially in a division series where it's a five game, where you have what Sale, Price, Ovaldi, and then you probably go back to Sale, back to Ovaldi, back to Price. Well, I hate to say it to Yankees fans, but uh, good luck in that wild card game coming up in October. Other than the wheels totally falling off the train, that is the Boston Red Sox. I think they'll have uh, the AL East by the throat now. Lots of people looking at the Yankee schedule, seeing softy teams get, uh, where are they at now? White Sox, I think, and then they got Kansas City coming up or something. Yeah, but they lost. The White Sox, uh, what do you call it? Britain blew the save last night. And uh, right. the, White, the White Sox lost, but they had to go to 13 to beat the White Sox. Yeah, you got to remember, every road game New York has to play is always tough because fans show up to those games and the Yankees come to town. That keeps the pressure on. Yeah. The, the only saving grace I think the Yankees have um, – I honestly think whoever's winning the division at the end of August is going to win it. Um, the Yankees have about um, two, four, six, eight, ten, uh, fifteen games at home for yeah. the rest of the month. You know they got three or four against the Rangers. That's the very next series. Then I'm assuming it's a makeup day. It is makeup day cool. against the Mets. Three at the Ray or three versus the Rays. Then the Blue Jays come to town for three, um, and then they're on the road for uh, Miami for two games. And then the Orioles for four games, which on that Saturday is a doubleheader. Um, and then they come back home with the White Sox and Tigers. So the Yankees have got such an easy schedule. They, they honestly do. But it, it just like Ray pointed out, they barely beat the White Sox yesterday. Yeah. And the thing that sucks for them is like they barely, you know, they're playing the White Sox. But look, Boston's playing Toronto right now. Yeah. So it's like weak team, weak team. I mean, I wouldn't even – I'd still say the Rays are a tough team to beat because if you switch over to the Boston schedule, they've got the Phillies next week, which are a oh. good team. 
Then yeah, they I mean, got the Rays for three right after that. And then Cleveland. they got the Indians for four. And then yeah. the Rays again. So that's a tough stretch. But if you look right now, this week, they got three right now against Toronto. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they got – well, they have a doubleheader Saturday. But then they've got four coming up against Baltimore. Right. So that's where the Yankees need to make the space up. Should be their bread and butter. But the problem is it's Toronto and then Baltimore. That the yeah, Red Sox play. The the Reds just look or the Reds the Red Sox just look way more stable. Yeah. Well, aren't they on? They said they're on pace to beat the Mariners win 116 win. Yeah, I think they're gonna reach 120. I think is what I heard. Yeah. I I'll buy into that. I could see. They keep playing like his. Oh, meanwhile, uh, we'll move on. Uh, the post waiver deadline trains in full swing. Uh, guys, I want to talk about the Nationals adding Greg Holland to the bullpen oh, after losing Sean Kelly to Oakland. Uh, it's looking to me like the D.C. propaganda bandwagon is <laughs> not lifting their blinders to the fact they'll have a huge August and September uh, that they'll need to keep pace with teams leading the, the playoff race. I checked in uh, to this podcast. It's called The Mound Presence. Uh, some D.C. sports writers doing a weekly podcast. I don't know if you guys any chances to listen to it, but talk about no. toying the line and not criticizing ownership from what, in my opinion, has been a mess by that front office. Any thoughts where we're heading with the National League playoff race? What changes, if any, are you guys seeing since the trades have been made? I, I, I agree with the whole Washington doesn't know what they're doing. Why would you sign Greg Hall? I understand why. Like, even if you, you let go of Sean Kelly, but he signed Hall. Yeah. He did, what are you doing in uh, St. Louis? 32 games, 762 ERA, and he's given up a 312 average. Crazy. You're going to take that to replace a guy, but you're going to trade Kinsler and bring Holland in. I don't understand it. They don't know what they're doing. I can I could probably shed a little bit of light on that. Um, but for, for me, the Nationals have not learned a damn thing. Uh, they've literally at net zero right now. And the reason I say that is, yes, they got Holland, who hasn't been very good. They did have Herrera, but he just went on the DL today for rotator cuff issues. So right now they're saying it's a 10-day stint. Uh, but if that bullpen is just not going to perform, uh, it looks like the starting pitching's been keeping up. Tommy Malone's been pretty solid for him, And they said that Bryce Harper uh, has actually been hitting since the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah 345. No, or something. Sorry, Ray, what, what was it? He's hitting 345 since the home run derby. Was set. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, so you know, I mean, that's that's nice starts, you know, but this this bullpen, they're they're going to continue to implode, then it's just all for naught, you know. If, but, if your closer is going to be Greg Holland, you're in some serious trouble. <laughs> Great. Well, I think the one bright spot for Washington right now is uh, who to me will easily win the National League Rookie of the Year, and that's 19 year old outfielder Juan Soto, mm-hmm. who I think will be Bryce Harper's heir apparent because, as Amos has said in the past, and I agree. The dumb mouths of the Nationals' front office have sunk chances of getting him back. And I'm not seeing something other people are. Um, you know, Brace could be happy staying with the Nationals. I don't know. Maybe they'll be the highest bidders despite the open market. I know they've talked about, you know, doing the qualifying offer and then taking a step up with Boris or something. But I think Boris is going to find out that Harper's not going to give him uh, the money. What do you think? Did, did Juan Soto not just pass Mickey Mail for the most home runs as a teenager, too? I don't know. That's a good he, thing. Because, uh, he did pass him, but it's yeah. not for the absolute most. No, no. Okay. But, yeah, you're right, though. He did pass him. Crazy. This guy's just a crazy rookie. And then the Nats broadcast. I think who's uh, somebody's broadcast teams have always 20-something. Kid's 19. 
They messed up his age. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> it's the Braves announcers again. Yeah. The I, I don't understand. I, I know this wasn't on. They do something else this week. Talk about that. I've got to freaking rant about this for a second. Please. Okay. For Simpson and Carey, just shut up. Okay. <laughs> just shut up. They Tell us how you really feel. They criticized this kid after first not knowing his age. And then yeah. allegedly the uh, Rizzo from the, or not, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, GM of the Nationals. Yeah, Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo, like Rizzo. He apparently had a meeting with this guy one on one in private, and from the from the article that I read, Simpson just seems so like a jackass. You know, he just <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, I messed up. We'll just move on. You know, like I just only made fun of one of your best prospects. And yeah, some people will say it's not a big deal. It's just a mistake. I'm kind of agree with that. But these announcers, these Braves announcers, have been so excuse my language here, but bitchy just ever since that call against the Cubs uh, way back earlier in the season. Like See, they, I, they've took shots at New York. They've took shots yeah. at the Nationals. They took shots yeah. at prospects. They just need to shut up and do their job. I feel like it's accidentally on purpose. Yeah. Like just to get recognition. To he's kind of, he's sour that it's not an Atlanta prospect getting spotlights. So you got to <laughs> purposely butcher it. I wish I would have kept the article up, but it, it, he said something like, oh, yeah, Rizzo talked to me. I made a mistake. You know, he's 19. Might as well go ahead and sign him rookie of the year now. You know, just I, it's hard to sell if he's being sincere or if he's just like, okay, I got in trouble. Let me mm-hmm. be a smart. Yeah, I'll just I, f- I feel like it's more a cover his butt. Yes. Statement yeah. kind of thing. It just like. Honestly, before the season, I used to like listening to the Braves games, but now I just honestly won't because of these two trap mouths that just won't shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, they criticize clowns. I mean, I understand that you got to support your team that you're, you know, announcing for, but you can do that without attacking the other team right. or attacking the Replay Central in New York or attacking Rob Manfred. You know, you could or do attacking that. uniforms, right? Yeah. Are yeah. they not the same guys that used to do the Braves games on TBS? Because I used to watch it up here. I don't. TBS th- used to watch it. I don't think so. No, uh, I can't I remember the older guys. Skip. I think Skip Carey was right. one of the guys yeah. on TBS. Carey used to announce for the Cubs. I don't remember. Long who time ago. I know there was two guys on TBS when I used to watch the Braves when Chipper Jones was there. Yeah. Honestly, don't remember their names, so I'm sure somebody will tell us that. All right. Well, something something to keep an eye on. I, I did not hear about that. And uh, sorry, I had to go off. These guys, these guys, gotta watch themselves. Uh, again, uh, concentrating this past week in baseball, we had the crazy blowouts. You had Dodgers pounding Milwaukee at the top of my head. Uh, a bit of a phenomenon has been occurring in not only games like those, but other games that managers have possibly felt were in hand and bullpen arms are either tired or on the disabled list. As a matter of fact, hitting the Tuesday's games this week, guys. 51 mound appearances have been made this season now by position players or non-pitchers. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I know you've had some thoughts. After you, Ray. Uh, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't even know what thoughts I do have on it. It's confusing to me. I guess they're trying to save their guys, but yeah, it's, it's, it's confusing. I'll, I'll keep mine simple when it comes to this. Just let it happen. You know, I mean, if 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 someone, you know, if one of your players comes up and says, hey, I'll pitch this inning, just let them do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they get hurt, which somebody eventually will somehow, I don't know right. how, but somebody will get hurt. And 
there's going to be like, well, he asked to do it, you know? Yeah, so, I yeah, mean, yeah. He's, I, I can't say I disagree with it. I understand why they're doing it. But at the same time, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just kind of. Well, I, I'm only going to say this. Good luck if the trend continues, if and when the players union has their next sit down with MLB owner reps, because it could get ugly. Like you said, players can get hurt and, you know, this could this, I'll be honest with you guys. It could spill a lawsuit, I think, at some point. I honestly think that. As crazy as that sounds. I have a new Cy Young candidate, though. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oh, really? Uh, Rizzo. No. <laughs> no. You guys probably didn't see it. Oh, third did base, uh, Jimenez strike out somebody this year? No, third base Matt Davidson from the White Sox. Yes. Okay, tell us he, about that. He. So he threw a nasty curveball. And who does he strike out? Someone would think, oh, you know, some David Ross type guy. Nope, Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Struck him out with a curveball. I did see that. Yeah, and I was laughing in my seat. I found it hilarious. I was laughing in my seat. I was like, well, it's good to know that Stanton can strike out now against position players. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just so funny. Uh, but I mean, kudos to him. You know? It I mean, was awesome hard. to see we've heard about position players going from, um, you know, playing in the field to being a pitcher, but I don't think this is going to reignite any fire doing that, but now he could say that he struck out a big slugger. Yeah. Yeah, Like he can say, who'd you strike out? I struck out Stanton. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine. As long as it's not a close game, which I don't think anybody would be sick. No, that'll never happen. It's always a blowout type game when you see it. Yeah. Just let it happen. And Amos uh, has been uh, doing some research as we uh, shifted toward our uh, news segment here. Uh, he's uh, going to talk to us about the attendance in Major League Baseball. Uh, what did you have for us? Okay, so as you know, like people that are listening, I'm sure you've uh, either attended a baseball game or you want to attend a baseball watched it on TV. Uh a lot of empty seats, uh, a lot a lot of empty seats in a majority of the stadiums, even teams that are competing. So my question to you guys and to everyone listening is, yeah. does baseball, like the NBA and sometimes like the, some teams in the NFL, does Major League Baseball have an attendance problem? And is it going to get worse? My short answer is yes and yes. Um, and, and I've only taken a small snippet. You know, granted, I haven't gone all the way back to like 2000 or anything, but I took a small snippet of attendance. And just to make it even smaller, if you look at it from April, um, if you take from April 2017 to April 2018, just that month alone, um, teams have averaged close to 3,000 fans less. That's almost a 10% drop. If you look into May, where it's supposed to get, you know, a little warmer. The number does drop, but they're still seeing about a 5% drop. And it's just getting a little more constant as the season goes. Um, So, you know, what could cause that? Well, since baseball usually starts in April uh, or March, if you count spring training, they play in hot weathers there, so you could probably – hot weather in their location. So you could probably rule that out. But let's just say April comes around. You could claim, Mm -hmm. you know, bad weather. Colorado, Chicago, New York. You know, all those teams, sometimes Seattle with rain and snow and all that stuff. Um, But it's not just weather that is really causing an issue. It's the fact that some people, you know, some some ticket prices have gone up 
I believe the percentage I have here is about 10%. Sorry, I've got my notes a little disorganized. Forgive me here. But um, ticket prices have gone up. And so if you're, if you're like me, you could be like, I could travel an hour and a half to watch a Braves game. Mm-hmm. Or I could just watch it on TV. Yeah. Where all the hard work's done for you. Right. True. So, I mean, there's nothing you could do about that. There's nothing Manfred's going to do that's going to come out and say, you know what, let's just not broadcast games. You know, he's not going to do that. But um, let, let's, let's look at these lost ticket sales real quick. Okay. At the median ticket price of $56.50, this is according to VividSeats.com. Um, just that alone, it, it could constitute a revenue loss of almost $125 million for the league. <laughs> So, what happens if every team is losing a lot of money, you know, sure. yeah. uh, or if no one's showing up? Well, there's going to be some very bad consequences. Now, let, let's. there's been two teams. There's been two teams. Now, this is just the first half of the year, from April to July, that they've actually seen an increase. Or, like, their monthly totals have been slightly more average. Do you know the two teams off the top of the bat? No, I not. I'd say maybe Red Sox. Possibly, yeah, it's Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, I'd probably go Red Sox. It is the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. Astros. Yeah, I can see Houston because they're coming oh. off the series. Those are the only two teams that are actually beating the only two teams in baseball that are actually beating their average amount of people coming to their game. Wow. So, but here's eleven uh, eleven teams that are actually the the following eleven teams. I'm going to read to you, or I'm going to list off here. Are actually okay. on the downtrend. Okay. So you got the Blue Jays. You've got the. I have. Sir. The finish your thing. I'll explain the Blue Jay thing. After. Oh, okay. Uh, you've got the Blue Jays, the Giants, the Marlins, the Mets, the Orioles, the Pirates, the Reds, the Rangers, Royals, Tigers, and White Sox. Now, obviously, all those teams have something in common. Small markets. They're not competing. Or not compete. Okay. Yeah, th- these teams are not competing this year, so you could kind of expect uh, a, a drop off. Yeah. Um, but uh, let me find this other note here. Let's see. Now, with teams like the Athletics, the Mariners, the Astros, the Phillies, and even the surprising team, the Padres, they've actually seen a little bit of increase when it comes to looking at just this year. Uh, mm-hmm. with fans attending. But it, it's just interesting to me about if baseball has an attendance problem, what can Major League Baseball do about it? They've, right. already, they've already talked about shortening the games. But yeah. to be honest, I don't really know what baseball can do about this. Um, the game can't really be renovated in a way to, quote-unquote, appease the younger generation. Okay. Uh, it's, such a, it's such a classic mm-hmm. sport. It's such a, a cornerstone of American history. Yeah, yeah, so, agreed. What can baseball do? You know, you just got to hope that people start showing up again. Really, um, have winning teams, have great teams, have teams that you want to go out and watch. But um, it, it it doesn't it it should come as a shock that baseball does have an attendance issue. And even though I don't have an answer for it, I think Manfred needs to address it the best he can. Okay, well, I have some thoughts on that, but Ray, uh, you're going to tell us about Blue Jays and your thoughts on, on that uh, job. So, the thing about the Blue Jays, I, I knew it was going to go down this year, first of all. Mm-hmm. you, you got to remember, this is a hockey town. 
you know, after the Maple Leafs, we had a good year last year. The hype is still around the Raptors, the Maple Leafs. The other thing, too, is the Jays are coming off last year, not good. And then they went this year and they raised the ticket prices by 17%. So now it's like, for instance, last year to sit in the 500s, you're paying fifteen thirty four, And now they're charging you $3 more to sit in the 500s. When you, after 2015, 2016, I can understand it. You just went to the LCS. But then 2017 didn't make the playoffs. How can you raise ticket prices again? Mm-hmm. That's what I, th- th- their thing makes sense. The only way the Jays are ever, you'll ever see a full Rogers Center is when they're competing for the division where they're in the playoffs. That one isn't a surprise to me. Okay. It's expected when they're not competing, the Jays. If I, could, if I can, let me add one more note here. Yeah. I want to give you the team that had the greatest um, average per game. Okay. And the team that has the worst average attendance per game. But the the worst should be obvious. The Marlins. 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 Yeah. 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 Last year they were averaging twenty one thousand six hundred and forty one people per game. This year they're averaging ten thousand six hundred and three people. That's close that's mm. really close to eleven thousand drop mm. in attendance. Now your number one team is uh that's increased is Houston. Yeah. At this point, last which understandably so, they won the World Series. They look like they could do it again. Yeah, but you look at their number last year. Their average attendance numbers were twenty seven thousand six hundred and nine. This year, they're at thirty five thousand five hundred and fifty six. <laughs> so, um, it's such a swing. That's the thing. There's no team that really has a middle ground. They're either losing a bunch of fans or mm-hmm. losing some attendance, or they're like the Astros and they're gating. A lot of people. Yep. So I, I think the issue will balance itself out over time. But it was just something that struck me interesting. Um, if baseball does have an attendance problem, but yes, it, they do have an attendance problem. Yeah. I think the rainouts a lot of a lot of rainouts this year that doesn't help it either. Right. Okay. Yeah, the, with the beginning of the season, you know, the Cubs had maybe three or four games rained out, and then they were forcibly playing that game with Atlanta, which they eventually won fifteen to ten. But that was horrible conditions, you know. It's like someone like me, I would love to sit through two games, but the average fan doesn't want to go and sit through two games. Right. They're just going to say, oh, forget the other game. Well, I'm going to take you guys to an article that Bob Nightingale wrote in the USA Today uh, to follow up on what Amos has been talking about, uh, these uh, attendance statistics. And uh, he was talking, ironically enough, with the guy uh, that entered our podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, the clips about Pete Rose and his fall from grace in baseball and now rose had some interesting things to say he says i'm not real happy when i watch baseball fundamentally the way it's played it seems like back in the 70s and 80s we worked on the fundamentals and just to kind of uh, go down the line here now you get tired of watching highlights on mlb and espn where you see every hit is a home run is this whole thing with the baseball flying out of parks something that people are just getting tired of seeing. No, I don't think so. If, if people were getting tired of seeing home runs, they would stop saying that Barry Bonds should be the home run king. <laughs> you know, like, I, good point. I'm, yeah. It, he, you... he is right about one thing, though. He is right about one thing. Some of the fundamentals are actually going away. Um, I think uh, Lynn Casper, one of the announcers for the Cubs, talked about last week about how much stolen, stolen bases are dropping off the – Oh, you know, interesting. The, the face of the league yeah. because you got 
high velocity pitchers and then a lot of hitters that make good contact. So why risk stealing a base when sure. that person could just, you know, put it in play, you know, you have better batters that could put it in play. Um, but, you know, he is right about that stuff. But at the same time, the game's always changing. Yeah, and now you got fielding shifts. Uh, that article, a very good article that you put up about Albert Pujols and things that they looked there. How about his yeah. Uh, decline? Yeah, and to, to be honest, that kind of disappoints me that they're painting him as a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like I just said, baseball is a game of adjustments. You know, you're not going to go out and complain like this pitcher's throwing 100 miles an hour. What the heck, man? You know, you're going to be like, okay, I need to adjust my batting, you know, my my at bats. I need to get ready for that 100 mile per hour fastball instead of always looking for that curve. And I think hitters need to do the same. Do what Rizzo does. Do what Mustakas does sometimes. Do what uh, 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 Freddie Freeman's done every now and then. Hit it to the hit it against the shift. <laughs> You know, it's you're a baseball player. You're up there to hit. If the game changes, you need to change with it. I don't exactly. care how old you are. Yep. You know, you're, you're a professional. Learn how to hit it. And yeah. I can understand the frustration. Like Albert Pujols leads the, I think it's, uh, I think that article said since 2016, mm-hmm. he he has 403 quote unquote hard hit outs. Wow. Which means hmm. that he's hit the ball square on the screws, but right into a, a shift. So I can understand, and it's almost cut his average in half. But I can understand the frustration. But at the same time, baseball is always changing. Yeah, you got to yeah, change. change of the times. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. So true. true. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to jump into our mailbag segment now. I'm kind of excited to bring this in, and I hope we continue to get the questions from you listeners out there. Uh, I enjoy getting questions. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> yeah, I, love I, like it. I love uh, it. Our first one is an audio question. And it comes from Maddie. Let's listen. I got a question for you guys. Yes, this is a bum or not bum question. You think uh, Cole Tamils will be a good pitcher for the Cubs? And also, uh, Lester could be a bum this week? All right. So Maddie asks about the Cubs. And he's asking about John Lester and what... Uh, you are going to see from him now that they have Cole Hamels. Uh, you're going to see a lot of the same. That's my answer. John Lester is still going to go out there and pitch every game like it's game seven of the World Series. Um, and while he has been struggling his last couple of outings, um, he, he's definitely having he, – he had an off month in July. June was spectacular. He had a great – here's his June numbers, and this was all of his starts. Nice. He went 5-0 and with a 1.1 ERA, uh, 32 innings pitch, only gave up four runs. Mm-hmm. Now, you compare that to last month in July, 2-2, two and two, six, uh, 6.4 ERA, 30 innings pitched, gave up 24 runs. So, that could be wear and tear, but I think Lester is going to do what he always does. He's going to go out there, he's going to, you know, wear his emotions on his sleeve. He's going to give, he's going to try to give you six innings and who knows, he may crack another home run like he did earlier this year. But I think John Lester is going to be fine. I really do. He's going to be that rock. And I think Cole Hamels is going to help support, you know, he's going to be that nice little backup. Right. Um, and the way the Cubs pitching rotation now is now, if they can just get these kinks worked out, it's a good rotation. John Lester, the professor, Kyle Hendricks, 
Jose Quintana, Cole Hamels, and then whoever they use as a fifth starter, which right now is Mike Montgomery. But um, I think John Lester will be fine. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's going to bounce back. He's going to have that one bad month, and hopefully July was that month. All right. Well, our uh, other question comes from Oblivion, and this one's for Ray. He's uh, done his homework on this one. Uh, and the question Oblivion asks is, if you foul tip and the catcher holds on to it with two strikes, he's out. Why isn't he out if he foul tips and catchers hold on with one or two strikes? Isn't that like a pop-out? So, there is actually a, it's a good very, question. It is a very good This is actually in the rule book, believe it or not. If you look at rule 2.00 in the Major League Handbook, I'll read off what it says. It says, a foul tip is a batter ball that goes sharp and direct from the bat to the catcher's hands and is legally caught. So, in other words, I mean, everybody's seen it, direct off the bat, right to the glove. That's, it's considered, it's treated like a swing and a miss. Uh Like as if the batter was swinging and missed the ball. If you look, it's... It's sort of complex, but it's not. Yeah. Now, for instance, if it was, say it was to go off the bat a little bit of a loop a little bit and then into the catcher's glove before hitting it, like it, it was fouled up into the air. Yeah. And then didn't hit the glove before it went in the air. That's considered foul ball, dead ball. Definitely. The foul tip is direct to the glove. Once it hits the glove or goes in the glove, the ball is live. Okay. And if the runners want, they're allowed to take another base. Okay. So sometimes you'll see the ball go, you know, it'll be a foul ball, it hit the glove, pop in the air, and then he catches it. It's not an out. It's considered a strike. That's a strike. The, only time it, the only time it's an out is if the batter has two strikes and that happens. And obviously it's yeah. a strikeout. Right. That's in the rule book. And, and tell me that uh, number again in the rule book. 2.00 in the Major League Handbook. Okay. It's kind of hard to explain. It's a lot easier if you read it. But the answer is it's because it's two different definitions of each. A foul tip is – it's. Like it says, sharp and direct from the bat to the catcher's hands. So it can be either his glove or his bare hand you can catch it with. All right. Whereas a foul ball is – yeah, you have to go read the definition of foul ball and you'll understand it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that, sir. And there you go, Oblivion. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, now it's time for a bum, no bum segment to wrap up the show here. And let's see. Who, uh, who started last week? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I think I did. Uh, how about I start? I'll start it this week. You go ahead. All right. Bum, no bum. Former Brewers, now Orioles second baseman, Jonathan VR. I'll start with you, oh, Amos. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, talk about coming out of left field. Yeah. Uh, God. Uh, I'm going to say uh, probably a bum. You know, if he's not worth staying on the playoff team as the Brewers, then there must be something there they didn't like. So, I don't know enough about VR. I know who he is. I know how he plays. But I, uh, my answer, bum. All right, Ray? My answer is I have inconclusive evidence. There's a clear thing, <laughs> bum or no bum. I, I never watched him. I agree with almost though. If he wasn't good enough to remain on the playoff roster type thing, then obviously he's a bum. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Didn't watch him play enough. So I can't really say if he's a bum or no bum to me. Well, with the Brewers, he had a little speed in him. Uh, his range wasn't the greatest in the field. Uh, but my main reasoning for calling him a bum is he got traded for Jonathan's scope. <laughs> mm. how, how can you get traded for Jonathan's scope, for heaven's sake? It seems like a defensive upgrade. 
Yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. Like, well, Snoke is better defensively. <laughs> okay, who's next? I'll let Amos, you can go next. Okay. You get the honors. All right. Man, I'm so happy. You know, I had to think <clears> about my bum no bum this week. And I, I, I thought really hard and really long about this guy because he still plays and he's still having an eh year. Uh, and that is uh, Seattle Mariners' former ace. I'm calling him a former ace. Oh. Seattle Mariners pitcher, King Felix himself, Felix Hernandez. Bum <laughs> or no bum? King Felix, is he a bum or no bum? Yeah, wow. you guys are just throwing curveballs this week. Yeah, good one. Another good one. Uh, like a Rich Hill curveball. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I really want to watch more Mariners games, and I'm so looking forward to next week. But I'm, I'm just going to take the time. I'm going to watch the Mariners face Oakland, and I hope to God that King Felix is, is due in the rotation during that series because I, I need to see how he's doing. Uh, but just, I guess, just off the top of my head, everything uh, I've been seeing uh, is, is fans. I'm not sure if they're kind of going away a little bit. He's, you know, getting up there in age now. How does he fit into the rotation? You know, so many questions I guess you could ask. Uh, but I'm going to classify him right now as a bum until I see him uh, bring Seattle back to the playoffs. I'm going to say no bum because – even when Seattle was bad, it was like all you hear about is what did Felix Hernandez do? What Felix Hernandez? <laughs> sure. Yeah. To me, he's been the ace for so long in that team. I mean, maybe not so much now, but he was. Mm. And also, the other reason I say no bum, I don't know if anybody caught it yesterday, but he struck out Beltre and laughed at it. That was oh. great. <laughs> Those two always have a running gag, and it's so much yeah. fun. Well, to they're watch. they're friends, so I right. mean, it's, yeah. I just found it funny still. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. All right. All well, right. Final ones. Goes good answers, train. guys. Here's what All I right. think. Oh, what's that? Oh, so yeah. Amos, give us your take. Oh. So here's what I got. Felix Hernandez is absolutely a bum. And let me tell you why. Let wow. me tell you why. Since he's been in the league for 13 years, this is his 13th year pitching, all with the Mariners. Since 2014. His ERA has almost doubled. His wins have been cut in half. His runs given up has been doubled. Let me read you his ERAs. 2014, 2.14. 2015, 3.53. 2016, 3.82. Still pretty good. 2017, 4.36. Now, that time, I think he missed a few games that season. So, if you want, you could put an asterisk next to that. That's up to you. Okay. so far this year, he is eight and ten with a five point seven ERA. Yeah. Definitely not an ace. Yeah, not but uh, not, not good. And that could be because of age, and it could be because hitters are adjusting to him. But he it it's been a uh, it's been a couple years. Like he had good numbers, uh, fourteen through sixteen when it comes to his wins. He was he had fifteen wins in fourteen, eighteen wins in fifteen, and eleven in sixteen. But his ERA, his runs given up, even his innings pitched has just dropped. So I think if if this if the Mariners don't make it in the in the playoffs this year, which they're not, but if they're not going to make it this year, I think this could be it for Felix. Could be it, mm-hmm. yeah. I could see it. Could be it. That's that's great. That's great. Okay, now it is time. Ray, give it. All up. right, this one's sort of a 
this one, Amish, Amish will like this one. So I say bum, no bum. Justin Morneau. Whoa! Bum, no bum, Justin Morneau. You just hit me on the side of the head. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, I say 100% positively not a bum whatsoever. Love Justin Marno, 2010 MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was he the one that, or maybe that was Maurer? I can't remember. Somebody Maurer, Maurer was 09 and Marno was 10 MVP. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They went back to the Rockies. You know, I haven't heard a lot from uh, – you said Morneau, right? Yeah. I haven't really heard a lot from Morneau. Yeah, so... last heard from the White Sox last year, I think it was, or the year before. Yeah, he's, he's retired now. He's on the Twins broadcast. Booth. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say bum. I don't have nothing to back it up, but I don't have nothing to back up <laughs> either way. So I have just, no evidence. He's just a bum. Just, like just, just because – just to be opposite, you know – Obviously, I love you. I'm just gonna say bye. <laughs> but feel good in knowing I don't really have anything to back that up. So yeah, it's just a just winging it. Yeah, just winging. Just, just, just in honor of Count Chocula. Yeah, because he would probably say a bump. So I am gonna say, and people say, "Oh, it's because you're Canadian." He's Canadian, but I have my reasoning for this. Okay, I say I'm absolutely not a bump. Ah, <laughs> not a bump. <laughs> Morneau, Morneau and Maurer were the face of the Twins for a very long time. Sure were. Mm-hmm. 2014, he was coming off an injury, and just for the fans, he made his way to the All-Star Game Home Run Derby in Minnesota. Yes. Just so they could see something they wanted. Right. He's never hesitated to play for Canada. 2017, he wasn't even sure if he had a contract. Yeah. He didn't have any offers, so you would think, oh, the guy would go to spring training and try and work his way up to getting a contract. He said no, and he said, I'd rather play for Canada, so he didn't hesitate to put on the jersey. And I'm going to read something that he said, and it kind of showed you the type of character he was and how much pride he took in this country so when asked if he thinks it could be his last time playing for Canada he said I don't know it depends it might be the last time I play at all I'm hoping it's not but we'll see if it is I can't think of a better way to do it than to be representing Canada there you go baby yeah type of character he is all right all right I'll be fair his character no bum (laughs) (laughs) and he he carried the twins for a long time with Maurer yeah a lot of great years. Last yes, last time we won a playoff series, I think he was very young. <laughs> yeah. And we're all out of time. I want to thank our guest, Sporty McPeasy. I want to thank, of course, Amos Ray. Great job, you guys. Uh, you want to uh, you want to give us like a, a tag, uh, Amos? Uh, check out the page and all that stuff. Yes, you can find us if you have any questions or feedback. You can find us at facebook.com slash hot takes corner podcast uh we are currently working on other social media sites but for now facebook is where we are at uh if you like to broadcast uh i believe amish has got us on like 10 or 11 different platforms so instead of listing all of them i'm just going to tell you that if you do want to follow our podcast go to your preferred way of listening listening and type in hot takes corner and that lovely little image should pop up in which you could hear us blab on about baseball. 